Welcome to Tool World. We're your hosts. I'm Gordon Ju. And I'm David Ju. And we're here to discuss everything about ITF patterns. If you're interested in learning more, make sure to like the podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Tool World. This is Mr. Ju. And I've got Master Ju here with me today. It's a bright, sunny day, isn't it, Mr. Jew? Yes, it is. Yeah. We've actually been doing our uh, Taekwondo classes outdoors. Uh, how's that going for you, Master Jew? Um, yeah, it's good. It's nice to be outside and get some fresh air and seeing all the students. And so, yeah, just a different experience compared to the online uh, classes. Yeah. I would say at the beginning of this week, it was kind of weird. Yeah, how um, is that? No, just like you're kind of uncomfortable. It's like new. Sure. But sure. I think, you know, a couple of days in, I'm feeling it feels good. It feels, it feels good. good. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Just um, different, right, than the online. I mean, the online stuff is kind of neat. We just recently did a women's self-defense discussion. I think mm-hmm. that went off um, pretty well. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. And got some really positive response. If uh, people haven't seen that, they can catch that uh, on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Under discussion, the playlist discussion. Right. Uh, I think it was very informative. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully people find our podcast informative. Hopefully. Uh, it's interesting to see that when you're doing it outside or doing it with people, you can see how techniques are being performed. It's not quite as good as, I should say, it's... The online is not quite as good as when you actually see it in, in person. Right. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Anyway, so what were we looking to discuss this week? Well, I think last week we talked about the wedging blocks and the tools. Yeah. Why is uh, the wedging block at a certain angle? And why is the elbow sticking out versus inward? Mm-hmm. And s- those kind of things. And so those are kind of important discussions, I think, in regards of technique as far as how it should be executed, why we do a certain way. And that's the beauty of the study of Taekwondo. Yeah. Not necessarily about self-defense. It's about the study of Taekwondo and how it's performed. So there is really, I would say there is a right way and there's not really, there is wrong ways as well. Yeah. Unlike self-defense where self-defense is more like, Who's the last guy standing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter how the technique is performed. So this week, I thought maybe we talk about what I noticed is this rising block, and the inward knife hand strike in Chung Mu. Mm-hmm. I I bring up rising block because I think a lot of people think that the inward strike in Chung Mu with the hands over the forehead looks like a uh, rising block. Yeah. Do you want to kind of explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so that's number two in Chung Mu. Right. Movement number two. And <clears throat> all you're doing is an inward knife hand strike with the right hand, and the left hand is just a reaction hand, correct? That's correct. And one of the most interesting parts I found about that technique is that the reaction hand, the way it's performed. So I think I used to do it where I was slapping the forehead. Well, not actually slapping the forehead, but it's that motion. Direction. Direction is coming in, right? From far away coming in towards the forehead. Whereas it should actually be from the side coming inwards towards the right. Right. 
Well, I think that's the first part about that technique. What about the hand position there, Master Drew? Yeah, so um, just to feed off of what you just <clears throat> mentioned, is it is a reaction hand, or it's kind of a balance to the action. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the inward knife hand strike, how much of a backward motion do you pull it back Yeah, as it comes in? The reaction hand is more like a balancing balancing movement to the action. So you can't really wind up that reaction hand yeah. in relative to the, the inward knife hand strike. They have to be the same distance so that they work in harmony. Right. So that's a really important aspect, I think. And so that's why, as you said, it kind of rotates inward and not really kind of like coming straight back to your forehead. Those are just little details that instructors have to explain to students. Otherwise, it goes gets off course. Yeah. When you talk about what is the angle of that of that hand, well, it, it really is just a reaction hand, and the back of the hand is parallel to the to the forehead. Yeah. That's different than the rising block. The rising block is a blocking tool. Let's say the outer form, and so the rising block is bent at about a 45 degree angle on the elbow yeah and the inner form is actually parallel to the forehead whereas the inward knife hand strike in chumu mm-hmm. it's the back of the hand is parallel to the forehead so if you start to look at that that itself it's not if it was an attack i should say yeah that right the reaction hand in chumu would be mostly the palm and not the knife hand if you were to think of it as a rising block with a knife hand, it's because of the angle. Yeah. So the angle on the rising block, the inner form is parallel to the forehead. So there's a slight angle to it. Whereas in the inward knife hand strike in Chung Mu, it's the back of the hand is parallel to the forehead. Right. And when you say that, I kind of think about how the technique is performed. When you perform the technique, the arm should be ending up perpendicular to the attack. It has to meet it in a straight line. The inward knife has No, 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 the rising block. Oh, the, you're talking about the rising block now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, were you talking about the inward knife hand strike? Right in Chung Mu. Oh. I was trying to explain the difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The difference between that hand position in Chung Mu, the left hand, yeah. which is the back of the hand is parallel to the forehead. Mm-hmm. If you were doing the rising block with the, with the outer form or knife hand, the inner form is parallel to the forehead. Okay. So you're right. In regards to uh, the rising block, if mm-hmm. someone wants to attack you, it has to be perpendicular to the attack itself. Right. So I think what I was trying to allude to was when you're performing that technique, I think you have some students that start from the bottom of the belt and they come swinging upwards, whereas you should have it up more about shoulder level so that it can go straight into the technique. Yeah, that's interesting on that, um, the rising block. Whether do you, do you bring it down to your hip and then up, or do you bring it from your shoulder and straight out? Yep, I have been teaching the students that what you need to do is you have to intercept the technique in a straight line perpendicular to the attack. Let's say it's a downward knife hand strike. So in order to do that, really from the shoulder level upward towards the forehead it's got to be a straight line however that movement that the backward motion is too small so really what you need to do is that uh, it starts kind of down by the belt it kind of rolls up and then it's got to go straight forward 
at, at the shoulder level. Does that make sense? It's the winding up part. So we drop the hands a little mm. bit lower than the shoulder, and then it rolls up, and then it executes in a straight line to the attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, now that makes sense. All right. I shouldn't say we should see it different, but a lot of our students m- kind of misinterpret what I say, and so when they when they do it, it looks like it goes from the shoulder straight up, and when you look at other people around the world, where it looks like it might be coming down by the belt and kind of coming up, it's not. It's not really from the belt just coming up because it's not really intercepting. That's more like a deflection. Yeah. So it has to intercept. So you have to find a way that where it kind. Of, let's say it comes down towards the belt and then it comes out to intercept. Yeah. But is it rising defined from the shoulder above? Yes, techniques so, that are going from the shoulder and above. I feel like it seems counterintuitive to drop. I mean, I I agree it should drop. Maybe I said above the shoulders, around shoulders is too much. But anything below, that seems like counterintuitive because it seems like, can you get more power from that? And I would say, I don't know, negligible and seems like takes too much time and seems like you're leaving yourself open. I mean, based on our conversation last week about the wedging block and General Che saying, if it's more than this, you're, you can see the body is too open. So why would you drop the hands to perform the technique? That's a very good point, I think. I think it, if you look at when we talk about that backward motion, yeah, like for instance, when you're punching, how far do you actually pull that hand back? Obviously, mm. some people pull it way back where their body's like side-facing and they can't see their opponent. Yeah. And then they throw the punch. Yeah, more distance allows you to have more more speed Yeah. to accelerate for sure. That's that's true. So the rising block, I, yeah, I may not really necessarily agree that it should go to your belt. Mm-hmm. However, I think you do need some kind of wind-up. So maybe your hand is in a ready position, maybe it's by your shoulder, like when you, like if you were fighting, yeah. it, it might roll down a little bit, a uh, little bit down low, and then kind of comes up. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a rising block with the X knife hand. Like in Jun Gun, mm-hmm. you have the pressing block, and then you go to the rising block with the X fist. It doesn't really just go from the pressing block and then straight up. Yeah, it actually breaks apart, and where is that hand breaking apart? Maybe at the solar plex level, shoulder level, and then it shoots up. Right. So same with rising block. Yeah. I say. Yeah. No. I, so yeah. a slight, slight movement, maybe a little bit lower than the shoulder, down to the belt. No. Is it does it generate that more more distance, more speed? It might, but like your your point being that you're exposing yourself too much, just kind of like punching. If I pull my hand way too far back, yeah, you don't see your opponent or you're exposing yourself more. Yeah. Well, anything else on <laughs> rising block there? Rising block is rising block, and however you use it, uh, it applies to everything that, that is similar to that, right? Like to an outer form block. Right. You see people that don't have the arm, the rising part of it correctly. Mm-hmm. They're so focused on the midside block. Yeah, they forgot about the rising block, right? And the hand position, yeah, the arm position. Where right. is it? Where is it protecting your head? You see the twin outer form block where they put it next to their, like more closer to their ear versus over their forehead. Yeah. So obviously that's not going to work. Right. 
Yeah, granted, uh, to an outer form block, the rising block is more of a secondary block as opposed to the midside block. Yeah. But it still has to be performed correctly. Right. So that's another good example of how far do you drop that hand for the rising block. You don't drop your hand all the way to the belt for the twin outer form block, do you? I hope not. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like too excessive movement because you still got to do the midside block. Right. And then you got, and then you got to do the rising block. So where is that at? It's probably around your shoulder level, solar plex level, yeah. and then it executes from there. Right. So I think the rising block should be the same. Why would you change similar techniques differently? I mean, you do for certain reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like the wedging block. Why is the elbow inward versus outward? Well, it's because it's the position of the blocking tool. Yeah. Right. No, I totally agree. More things to think about. More things to think about. Yep. Anyways, any last comments there? No, I hope um, people are listening and chiming in, telling us what they thought. Uh, so thanks again for jumping in. If you kind of like what we're doing, uh, Master Drew, if I'm – Correct. You've been doing a ton of tool seminars, right? Yeah, I've been doing um, these little seminars. I call it the tool seminar. And basically, it's just detail works on the patterns. How the Like, for instance, the first one actually is called Tool 1. Uh, is basically the foundations. It's the, the, the training secrets of Taekwondo, right? Yeah. Just... Um, how to develop power. It's the conceptual ideas of these techniques. And then the other tool seminars that I've been doing is breaking down the pattern and how those, those fundamental concept is translated in the pattern itself and explaining where the, the word, uh, the attacking tool or the blocking tool or the attacks, how they're performed or how they might be performed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we've been doing some of those. Right. And you get the whole shebang. You got like a PowerPoint, I think, and a, (laughs) and a test there. Right. Yeah. The the seminar is not, um, not really like physical, physical. It's all knowledge. It it is knowledge. And I do get them to come to perform it. Yeah. And try to, explain it. it's kind of like a class but just trying to explain it a little bit more in detail obviously it's not a great class for a five-year-old or a six-year-old yeah no definitely and so it's geared more towards um higher ranks right well you know if that interests you send us a message um definitely would be able to do that online so you want to do this online i want to do it online you so want- you know just spreading a little more knowledge about taekwondo facilitate a little more conversation while we're here in shelter in place yeah i think we got a note from some old students yeah older mm-hmm. students saying hey can we um have a class for <laughs> out-of-state people out-of-state people yeah mm, yeah maybe maybe <laughs> but let us know uh be on the lookout for that and don't forget to stay safe keep training and we'll see you guys next week take one Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope to see you next time.